Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We were talking about almond milk, weren't we? And what, why is almond milk bad for the environment? I don't understand um, that. Because you, you, to farm... To farm almonds, I don't know what the word is you would use. You put almond milk in your porridge this morning. Yeah. I want to know why it's bad for the environment. That sounds a bit cockamamie to no, me. No, it's, it's actually really, really not. So to farm the almonds, farmons, yeah. um, you, ha- there's, you have to use tonnes and tonnes and tonnes of water. Um, so it's bad for the environment because of how much water you have to use. Compared to like a normal crop, it just takes loads and loads of water. So you reckon that, but oat milk takes... It's not bad for the environment. You did barely use any water. So but why don't, why don't to, we like, get artificially oat... use mm. water. Why don't we get oat milk instead of almond milk? I don't know. We will. Okay, well in future we get oat milk. That's made a change yeah. to our lives and help uh-huh. the environment a wee bit. Uh, I think we got some level there. So uh, I think we're ready to go. Is that not getting in there? Oh, sorry. Yeah, that might make the cut. Uh, so, hello, welcome to episode 24 of... The Comeback Ru- Kids. The, <laughs> the Comeback Kids. Uh, Ruthie, me and my dad. And you're back from nearly three weeks holiday, sort of two and a half weeks holiday. Two, two and a bit. You've been to uh, several countries, the Baltic States, very the nice. Baltic States? Mm. Uh, have you, well, you brought me a nice present back. You brought me some odd chewing gum. Now, uh, it's called Dirol, and it's supposedly... Dirol, pa- which sounds a little bit like a tablet for diarrhoea. Yes, it does. So, so well, let's hope. What, are you sure that this is... Cause well, ye- years it makes ago, you hungry, does chewing gum. Well, chewing gum does make you hungry, but when you say sounds... Because it's called Dirol, D-I-R-O-L, uh, and when you say it sounds like uh, a medicine for diarrhoea, years ago, you used to, there used to be a chewing gum called Exlax, where, which had the opposite effect. And How did it... It it's uh, loosened you, it relaxed you. Um, oh, and so it didn't have the opposite effect then? The opposite effect to... Oh, uh, because a diarrhoea tablet stiffens things up. Right, well... <laughs> yeah, stiffens things up, you're right. Um, or at least in that department. But the old, this X-Lax chewing gum used to, it was always a bit of a joke. Somebody would take, would chew X-Lax instead of Wrigley Spearmint. I can see. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. Hilarity would almost certainly ensue. So I'm not going to try, because you were suggesting Passion that... Passion fruit flavour. It may be amusing. The, the interesting thing about this packet is it opens in an unusual way. It's, oh, it's a colour. Yeah, but it's a, it's a rather un, unattractive... Well, it's a rather unattractive mustard colour, I think. No, that's that. not mustard. That's pastel yellow, that. No, that's mustard. mustard is a much deeper colour. Do you think so? 100%. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm not going to try it now. Oh, just I thought in we were going to do a live a... taste. Oh, I'll do a live taste then. That's an, not an attractive sound. It's not nice. Try it. Oh, great. If it's not nice. Well, see what you think. It's an unusual one. No, I don't like that at all. 
tastes almost a bit banana-y. Oh, it's horrible. It's supposed to be oh, passion fruit. Oh, that's not good. It's not good. But it's sort of passion fruit with... I think it could be a, a medical thing. It's got an aftertaste, hasn't it? But the unit, it has. The, oh, blimey. Well, thank you for that present. Uh, the interesting yeah. thing about buying chewing gum abroad, when I used to go on trips when you were little... I'd always come back with uh, bizarre flavours of Wrigley's gum or, you know, Orbit and things like that. But at least it was a recognised <coughs> brand. But I'm assuming Sorry. the reason you can get uh, unusual sorts of chewing gum abroad is because they're using sort of non, non-approved non colourings. You know, they're using colourings Oh, and yeah. Well, chemicals. they use a lot more gelatin abroad, don't they? Because yeah. sweets abroad are so much better than... Yeah. Now, I joined you for some of this holiday in the uh, Baltic States. Yes. And uh, we enjoyed together uh, the joy of a foreign supermarket. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's so good, isn't it? It's great. And the great thing about a foreign supermarket is not only different crisps, uh, but also different sweets and uh, ice creams. Uh, ice creams in packets, in cones, and not like... I'm not talking about like a cornetto. We've all seen a cornetto in, when it's wrapped together. But this is like... A waffle cone with the ice cream not not flat. The ice cream is like a mound, and it's within a plastic wrapper. Mm. Unbelievable! It's and those the ones that look like butter. That's my mm. favourite. Well, let's move uh, on to uh, some of our topics now, and let's keep it light by talking about self-harm. I didn't really want to start with self-harm, but it was uh, the big story involving teenage girls this week. Um, I mean, this is the piece in The Guardian. We, we as a we as a unit do one thing each week, teenage girls, and this week we're self-harming. This is from The Guardian. Uh, the number of girls under the age of 18 being treated in hospital in England after self-harming has nearly doubled compared with uh, 20 years ago. This is according to uh, NHS figures. Uh, charities have warned the sharp rise among young girls is due to the pressures of schoolwork and social media. Uh, The NSPCC said it provided 15,376 counselling sessions. The study also found that self-harm among young people aged 10 to 19 was three times more common among girls than boys. Uh, A Department of Health and Social Care spokesman said making sure children and young people have the right mental health care when they need it is vital. Now, the interesting thing about this argument, because I've seen it on that you've been away... But I have seen it yeah, on Yeah, I've t- not kept up with the news. Not kept up with that. But I saw it on TV. And you get two different arguments. There was one woman I saw on telly who was talking about the fact that social media was a huge factor in this and put mm-hmm. loads of pressure on, on kids. So she was. that was her angle, that it was a sort of breakdown in relations to an extent between parents and children, but it was also social media. Then there was somebody else who was sort of, I thought, coming from the left-hand side of the political spectrum, who immediately grabbed on this and made it political and said that the problem is there's just not enough money being pumped in. And obviously the government come back and say, we are putting money into mental health. And then they say services have been cut. A lot of people, I mean, some services have been cut, no doubt about it, but a lot of people will look on any story like this yeah and use it as a way to push their political agenda precisely and i wonder what you know as you are a teenage girl i am indeed i wonder what your take on it was i mean well have you ever had any experience of this you know when you look at the figures you would think there must be somebody oh i've like yeah i've known people who have like cut themselves and stuff really but also it's kind of trivialized a lot and turned into a bit of a jerk at school of like oh yeah go and slit your wrist go and cut yourself like 
it's quite it's turned into a bit of a like a jerk thing but i think mental health in general is at school not at college so much so um, people will make jokes at school about other girls cutting themselves n- not just not girls it's not like in within schools it's not seen as like a girl problem yeah and it's kind of poked fun out of being a bit you know like emo and that kind of thing right. but i think so the, the girls who sort of you see dressed in black hanging around the corn exchange in Leeds yeah that's your stereotype of it but I'm sure that that's not true at all and it's girls who look it's one of these things as well yes I'm sure it is I suppose it's a very private thing isn't it yeah exactly maybe but that's what I was going to say is it just that within the last 20 years people have admitted themselves to hospitals more you know because you have to question whether it's more people are actually uh, self-harming or whether it's just that more people are going to hospital for self-harming so you can get the statistics on it. I see, it didn't seem to be a thing. As well as self-harming, they're talking um, in these statistics, they say because of self-harm and self-poisoning. Now, self-poisoning, when... I'm just thinking back to when I was a teenager. I don't know what self-poisoning is. I think that would be like suicide attempts. That certainly existed... I never... I'm trying to think back. Did I know of people cutting themselves back in the 1960s? Yeah, but you might just not... Maybe it's just not as talked about back then yeah but i I did know you would get people who tried to commit suicide not necessarily teenagers was it you know the 20s early 20s people who'd split up with i think maybe it's a bit of the um the kind of glorification of it so like i don't know that much about self-harming but i know quite a bit about like anorexia and they're like they have um i think they're called pro-ana they're either called pro-ana or pro-rexia or pro-anorexia basically yeah. accounts on the internet that like, glorify this idea of being so stick thing and, and girls who mainly girls of course there's boys who do it as well but mainly girls who egg each other on to like lose weight and don't eat that mm. and don't eat this and give each other tips on how to so in to, that case, to be bulimic or be anorexic and maybe there's a similar thing with self-harm in that people run like tumblr accounts i know that that's quite a like people talk quite a lot about so self-harm you think on that. that maybe figures are going up because people are egging other people on to, yeah to maybe a little bit of that but also just like knowing that other people do it so you're like oh maybe i should try that if i'm sad as you say these things probably went on but weren't reported as much but i certainly yeah. never ever came across the the, the concept of self-harm yeah. it is interesting that you say it was more of a almost like a joke thing at school yeah it was like a punchline Well, now, interestingly, while you were away, you missed Love Island. Oh, you missed everything. Tell so me about it. I'm so sad. I've not even caught up. You know, like I know who won and stuff, but no. But you, there's no point. I know, in but I up want now. to. If, but I can't no, you're not bothered. Going to I know. You, what's the point? So that went. Where you, you had all the excitement. Been so, and gone. Yeah, that's been and gone. We're not going to talk about Love Island, although there were obviously while Love Island was going on, mm-hmm. and while you were swanning around the Baltic states, and I was a bit, the the, the stories about Love Island just kept on coming. Kept, they're, well, they're, they're still coming now. I've seen a lot out. of them. Yeah. Well, this was a guy I had on my show on uh, Talk Radio. A guy called Andrew Halls, who's the head of King's College School in Wimbledon, which is a fancy schmancy private school. The head teacher of a leading private school has criticised the reality TV dating show Love Island for making teenage boys think that their most important goal is to look like a male model. 
Andrew Halls, who was a lovely bloke, because um, uh, I interviewed him about this, said today's expectations of male behaviour are confusing for boys. In schools, we try to teach them to value kindness and respect, but reality TV shows such as Love Island suggest the most important goal in life is to look like a male model. He went on to tell people that the, quote, impossible images of perfection in such programmes, quotes, eat away at boys' self-worth. Which sounds all quite quite serious and all that. But when I spoke to him, uh, he was much more light-hearted about mm. it and admitted that he's only ever watched 10 minutes of Love Island. A bit like myself. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like the... But, like, look what women have to put up with all day, every yeah. day. So it's the same standards. sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, and it's the same for boys and girls. But I think it is true that, like, not this year, but the year before, one of the boys from love island the or maybe one of the girls said this about the boys the girl the boys are constantly working out and they barely eat anything and whereas the girls are actually a lot more healthy with their body image and it's because of this idea of like being masculine and being manly and stuff yeah and it's a lot harder uh, for boys to get a six-pack than it is for you know if you if you're a female yeah, but it's, no it's not it's harder for girls to do you think to so? be physically fit yeah because we've got less muscle mass and more fat well i know but the point is if you're a female and you're you, you're just slight you don't have to be like a, you, your stomach doesn't have to oh, be like right. a washboard you know you, you I have get to what have you a, mean. a reasonably flat stomach that's fine, that looks very attractive in a woman. But for a bloke, they're looking for... I'm only talking about Love Island now. They're looking for, like, the washboard stomach. Yeah, but the and guy that, who... You must have to really work out hard yeah. to get that. But, the, but, but then again, boys have way less body fat percentage, so it's much easier to be thin. To be thin, yeah. But to get that yeah, washboard I guess stomach so. is, you know, you've got to squeeze whatever they, they squeeze and you've got to lift and press and you've bench got press to, and all that dad's stuff. Dad's workout vid coming soon. <laughs> you've got to squeeze whatever you need to squeeze. What are yeah. you on about? Well, well, A man who's a, never been to the gym ever. Uh, what I'm on about is, that's true, I'm very proud of that. What I'm on about is those things that you used to get, I've never been to a gym, but years ago, from time to time, I would see in somebody's house, they'd have like a chest expanders. Oh, I get what you mean, you yeah, know. yeah. And then there's also, there was two things which you squeeze like that. Um, I'm doing like that, it doesn't mean a thing, does it, on this? But where you have two it little It doesn't handles. mean that much if you see the actions you either. Have, so. Well, no, you have two handles and it's spring-loaded. Yeah. And you put it together like that, and that would tighten the muscles because you're looking you're not just looking to lose weight you're looking to tighten muscles aren't you and get that washboard six pack and all that i'm going to talk about uh, about parents you've mentioned this problem of parents um yeah this problem of parents that's that's it that's the whole no this particular problem of parents they're always on the phones you when and mum tra- are worse <laughs> on your phones than i am no, that no, oh my gosh never, that is dad never. that is so true you are always Twitter, like this, like always, always, always. You and mum are worse on your phones than mm. I am. True, well, I that ba- is fact. I, I can back you up scientifically, you'd be pleased to know. Uh, parents should put down their smartphones and tablets and spend more face-to-face time with their teenage yeah. children to avert Britain's adolescent mental health crisis, a think tank said. The report from the Legato... What is a think tank? Where's everyone thinking? Where are these tanks? That is a very good question. What is a think tank? A think tank is a bunch of people uh, who get together and have an agenda 
and they bend whatever happening in the news to their agenda. We interview people regularly on talk radio from the Adam Smith Institute, who are always described as a think tank. But Adam Smith Institute is about economic freedom. You know, they don't like... Well, it's about free economic and social freedom. So basically, they look at issues in the news, whatever the issues are, and sort of bend them towards their agenda, which is fair enough, as long as you know, because we interview them on talk radio, but, you know, as long as you say the Adam Smith Institute, you know where they're coming from. So most of these think tanks are either right-wing or left-wing, if you like. It's like the Labour Party would have various people who would be consultants, who be, and they would, th- they would look at everything that was happening in the world and then would come up with a theory which would play into whatever it is they're trying to sell, if you like. And it's rather like the, a think tank is a sort of political version of a focus group that if you were selling a new flavour of Smarties, for instance, you know, let's do all pink Smarties. Is that going to sell? And then you'd get a think tank. Would uh, they think it out and they would ask people, etc., etc. So that's what a think tank right. is. This think sounds tank- like bullshit to me no not at all not little at all. bit this is the no not at all yeah but this bending the, new stories I don't, know where you your... get this, I don't know where you get this cynicism from <laughs> where does it come from this is called anyway the legatum institute uh they link... like the french word for vegetable almost that's legume this is l-e-g-a-t more like legal i think legatum that's how it's spelled it'd be latin wouldn't it l-e-g yeah legatum legatum institute possibly um you could look, anyway you could, you could look it up and find you could actually do some research and find out oh uh, who said to me this is exposed they do these videos on youtube and they'll be like exposed videos so you're exposing someone for something they've done so i'm exposing you right now mm. dad said to me last night or this morning or something so so i think we're going to be leaning heavily on you because you know the, i think that's when the podcast works best and i said so you've not done any research and he said no no pretty much well here i am with i only say that i say that i've not done any research to try and boost mm, you so you mm. do more um it doesn't seem to have worked anyway what? this is the legatum my inst- Haley baldwin and justin bieber thing was gold <laughs> yeah solid gold the legatum institute Yes. Um, have said they've linked the rise in anxiety, self-harm, so again, they're going on about that, and other mental illness with high social media use among young people, saying this is damaging family life and relationships with other adults. So this is more, I think, sort of younger parents. Uh, it urges, no, you're the worst. Mm, it urges, this is not true at all, it urges Britain to emulate Iceland which in the mid now this is interesting because it says um this is iceland it says in the mid not obviously the supermarket the actual country I, I, yeah i uh, gathered Iceland. although i did see a new story about iceland the supermarket uh, well, this uh, iceland in the mid 1990s experienced some of europe's highest levels of adolescent drinking and other substance abuse I, I rem- i've heard this story not yeah. this story, but I've heard the story yeah. about Iceland experiencing really bad substance abuse. See, I, I always look at Iceland. Because it's so cold. Well, and it's dark all the it's time. Dark, and that's, I think yeah. it's normally cold, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, not the cold. I meant cold, like dismal. Mm. Well, um, Iceland, but you was think Iceland's a very civilised place. I don't know what, mm. I've been there and you've been there. I went with school. Um, yeah. Anyway, it urges Britain to emulate Iceland, which in the mid-1990s experienced some of Europe's highest levels, etc., Iceland encouraged teenagers to spend more time at home with their parents, supplemented local activities such as sports clubs to provide other adult role models, and reduced pressure to drink or use drugs. 
Between 1997 and 2007, the proportion of adolescents who said they'd been drunk in the past month dropped from 42 to 20%. But it, it's true in those cold, dark places. Mm. Uh, drink is certainly a problem, because Norwegians... Yeah, because it's like, what like, else do you do? Yeah, they drink, and, and, and alcohol it's is so expensive It's similar to being at an well. airport... People always get really drunk at airports because it's like, well, what is there else to do? I'm just stuck here. No, I think it's opportunity. At the airport, you turn up at the airport at quarter to seven in the morning. Uh, yeah, it's like all rules of society are just thrown out. Just bre- it's a complete breakdown of society. Yeah, I'm having a pie it? and a pint at yes. half seven. It's, I mean, well, it's like the prices, isn't it? So Seinfeld did a thing about the prices at the airport. Seinfeld's thing went on the lines of... Um, do those people at the airport have... Any idea of what the prices are? The rest of the world, <laughs> tuna sandwich, thirteen dollars. Yeah, tuna is very rare in our country, <laughs> and he says that they've got their own little country out there. But Norway and Iceland are actual countries um, where yeah, they do drink. That is true. Norway yeah. and Iceland, unlike Genovia. Unlike Genovia and unlike the airport, they are actual countries. Oh, did you see um, the the Princess Diaries, which is what the fictional land of Genovia is yes, from? That's right. I didn't know whether you knew it was fictional or not, but it is. Yeah. Well, it, I recognise that when Julie Andrews was the queen, so it <laughs> must be a fictional film. That film turned 17 years... It came out 17 years ago, and but, I'm 17. Maybe. This is, when we were going around... The, when you go around the old town in any of these Baltic states, it is just like Genovia. It, yeah, you know, it is, isn't it? Streets like the, the um, especially in... Have you seen The Princess Diaries 2? No, I'm not seeing it. Well, I may have done Because they don't really show that much of Genovia in Princess Diaries 1. It's just that similar feel. But in Princess Diaries 2, which you need to catch, it's called Princess Diaries 2, A Royal Engagement, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Um, she walks through the streets and it is like the exact same. I wouldn't be surprised if it was filmed in... Well, may, or maybe Dubrovnik. It'd be filmed in it'd be filmed in Hollywood, but... No, I bet it's not. No, I think these days with... Uh, with no, I'm Googling it. So my thing about Iceland was that they've started selling five different vegan frozen food things, like a burger and stuff. Mm. It's becoming veganism and vegetarianism, but especially veganism, uh, very much off the moment. Mm. Uh, Chris Smalling... But, but like less like it's always been a bit of an off the moment, oh wow, and being like gluten-free and stuff. But recently it's become more of like a respected thing to do. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like well, not I, was about to say, so I was about to say, uh, Chris Smalling who's the Manchester United and England central defender. Of course. Has just gone vegan, which for a footballer needing all that protein, you know, mm. for all the training he does and everything, uh, and to get that washboard stomach that the footballers have, uh, you know, he's, they'll have to be very careful with his diet. You have to work quite hard a bit. Vegans say it's not as hard as you would think it is, but, like, when you go out it's to eat... a lot eat, of soaking. You've got to remember to soak... Uh, <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to soak all the time. Oh, soaking... You've got us. You've, you've, every vegetarian I've ever known has always had a huge jar of kidney beans and lentils, that sort of thing, on the shelf soaking. Because you you've know, got to soak. So you've got to soak. What I was going to say was that when you've got to, when you go out to eat, like at restaurants and stuff, you've got to think about what you're eating all the time. Do you know what I mean? And that would really peeve me off. I thought we'd talk about 
the world. Oh, let's talk about the world. Okay, then, away you go. Namely, climate. In January 2007, the BBC aired a special programme presented by Sir David Attenborough called Climate Change, Britain Under Threat. It included this imagined weather forecast for a typical summer's day in 2020 and the temperatures on the map, 28 degrees in Birmingham, 28 degrees in Norwich, 30 degrees in London, 29 degrees in Portsmouth. Mm, Which is more or less what they have been. Exactly. Mm. And so it's just kind of hammering home that point and so then I was I went onto the Guardian online and um Simon Lewis had write it had writed it <laughs> I also read this thing that someone tweeted was like um if you don't know a word just say I don't know that word in English because that makes you sound bilingual not just an idiot <laughs> and so that's what I'm going to start doing now when I forget words so don't despair climate change catastrophe can still be averted it sort of said this is the summer when for many climate change got real and i wondered because you're you've not a climate change denier by any means but you've been a bit of a climate change skeptic in the Mm. past and not thought it's as bad as it is have you felt that this summer with all the fires that have happened and how hot it's been because it has been unbelievably hot have you thought bloody hell Bloody hell is exactly what I've thought. I think if you're um, a climate change sceptic, or you know, if you had an open mind on it, for instance, an open mind. Well, you know what I mean. If no, you I know what you mean. Mind, you kind of described it as like people always love to believe. Oh my gosh, Armageddon's coming. That's why disaster films precisely. are so successful. Yeah. And you were a bit sceptical about that. Yes. I wondered what you were thinking now. Well, I don't think Armageddon's coming. I think serious action is definitely needed. I think all those messages that we've sort of been a bit wishy-washy Oh, yeah, about, yeah. Like, no, I'll start recycling. I swear. Yeah, I think recycling. I think also, you know, not unnecessary car journeys. And I think also maybe um, air, air travel, you know, air travel. Yeah, is yeah, it's polluting. really, it's so And the bad most the polluting thing are cruises, these, these, these massive, huge mm, cruise ships. Especially for the um, oceans. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to, my thing at the moment is going to be trying to stop fast fashion. Because I'm really, yeah. I, I am bad for, because I think it's just, it's also a thing of like, you see a lot of celebrities and people with a lot of money advocating not buying from H&M and Primark and stuff and advocating buying from these brands. And I've looked online at these and then you're like, oh my gosh, that's £160 for a dress. Mm. I can't afford to pay that much money. So it's a bit like, what can you do? But I am going to make a real... What you can do is buy fewer clothes. Buy fewer clothes, but also buy clothes from charity shops and mend clothes and only buy stuff that you know you're going to wear for years well, I mean, in the future. I'd be interested to see all that happen. But... Which, but no, I'm, that is what my... This school year, because my new year kind of happens in September, I feel, so that's going to be my Good, well, if you can thing, stick to all that, that'll No, be I'm not going to stick to it all, obviously, because I don't think I will be able to, but that is going to be my, like, thing that I'm going to try and do. Is yeah, well, I'm taking notice. action as well. What I'm doing is uh, I'm not going on cruises. Oh, uh, yeah. These massive, massive ships. Yeah, yeah. And the effect they have on places like Tallinn that turns into Genovia because all the flipping cruise ships come in. Yeah, it turns then, places into Disney World. Yeah, it, Do you it know what does. I mean? And Disney World is fine because that is what it's built, built for. It's purpose-built for tourists and they go in buses and it's fine. Although I'm sure they make loads of waste and it's bad for the environment. But do you know what I mean? It's not as bad it's as... It's not as bad as turning places with rich cultural heritage. And I'm also, I know that tourism brings loads of money to those countries and that's fine. But turning it into like a Disney world is yeah. not okay. 
What we're going to do now, uh, Ruth, is uh, leave uh, a little gap for uh, a commercial message. So there will be a message oh, going. Usually we call them adverts. Well, it's uh, I've been listening to one or two, and then there's sort of messages rather than adverts, sort of pointing people to other podcasts or telling people not to drink and drive and all that sort of stuff. Um, although there was one advert in uh, one of our podcasts because I actually listened to them. Uh, there's one of our, one of our one one of our podcasts. There was an advert for Mamma Mia, which I know you're going to. I'm see, going to say yeah. straight away after this podcast is finished recording. So I've seen it by the time you're hearing this. Yes, you will have but, done, but, and maybe we'll talk about it next week a little bit. Uh, but we'll leave a we'll leave a little gap for a message. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And we'll uh, have some music. Yes. So uh, let's start with yours. Oh, okay. Tell me about it. So this is Let's Eat Grandma, and the song is falling into me, and I'll explain more afterwards. Well, sadly, just 20 seconds for... Review purposes. For review purposes. Which is pretty, I could have heard more of that. It's, uh, it's good, isn't it? Um, I've been a fan of Let's Eat Grandma for a little while, because I've mentioned them to you before. Cause have you? I'd forgotten. Yeah. It's very much like a, a almost like a punk uh, name, Let's Eat Grandma. Yeah, it, well, it's a play on... Um, the the grammatical error of the comma and how important of it. Ah, so it's let's, let's eat. eat grandma, uh, but it's like let's eat grandma. Right. It's like it, yeah, it's it's a jerk. Yeah, it's a jerk. Eat shoots and leaves. Exactly the panda thing. Yeah. Mm. Um. And so the two it's two girls, which is obviously great because you know, girl power. <laughs> um, That's two girls. Good. That's and it, girl, Rosa Walton and Jenny Hollingworth. And they went to school together and they've known each other since reception, um, Mm -hmm. which is really nice. And they started the band when they were 13 years old and they're from Norwich and they just wrote about things that they saw around them. And this is from their new 
album. So they released their first album in 2016 called I Gemini. And what sort of people like Let's Eat Grammy? Is it indie chicks sort of thing? I don't even it? know. I've, I've literally, I've never heard anyone. I've only ever heard critics talk about Let's Eat oh. Grammy because they get, they have really good reception from critics. And, and do like, they get in the charts? So no, sort of, no, no, they're not. So they don't get played on Capital or anything oh, like no. that. Oh no, but I think that eventually they will because I mean they're only they're a little six bit mu- older they're probably than about me. Six musicy, yeah, maybe, but yeah. they might might break in because it is quite. Some yeah. of their stuff is weirder. Like they've got a song called like Shiitake Mushrooms, and it's weird <laughs> and stuff. But some of them are like this song is a bit more mainstream. I would yeah, say. Yeah, well, it sounded it's a catchy number, and quite enjoyed the uh, the video. No video connected with mine because it's from 1958. And it's the ponytail. So you have two girls, these are three girls. are the uh, ponytails and, and they were saying born... why was i born too late <laughs> when yes. they were born in probably the 1930s or something well i can't tell you when they were born uh, i can tell you it was, it was three girls with what you would call it's described here as uh, a very safe look the ponytails epitomized what parents of the 50s called the safe look uh, and there they are there are the ponytails oh they look like of... flight attendants well they yes the interesting thing is they were kids they were just kids, but they're dressed up. Okay. There was no... The, the point about 1958 is teenage culture did not exist. There yeah. were no teenagers. So you went immediately from being a child. So one day you would have little white... I think they used to call them bobby socks. You have little white socks and sandals. And the next day you'd be dressed up, as you said, like a flight attendant. There was no mm. in-between. There was no teenage years at all in It's funny because we've picked really different things, obviously. But... In a way, they're sort of similar in that, like, that's three girls, but mine are two girls, but they could be... And these girls are only... They're a tiny bit older than me. They're, like, 18, 19, and they were really young. Like it's Very young, They yeah. could be the same girls of different times. Yeah, they all met at Brush High School in Lyndhurst, Ohio, near Cleveland. Uh, in 1956, they had... a couple of records out in 1957 they had a record out uh, in 1958 they would have just been just finished high school basically yeah that's the same as these girls yeah and they met at school as well it's, right. it's interesting but the, the the point about born too late is that it was a bit of a trope in teenage there, there were forever forever there was things like younger girl by the critters young girl by gary puckett and the union gap and then you even get to lulu and she made a film called to sir with love and did a song from that and there were forever schoolgirls singing about the fact that they'd become attracted to an older person yeah and it was very much acceptable in the and you know and lamenting the fact that they were too young it was inter- it's interesting in the way of attitudes and yeah. that not just bet- attitudes between 1958 and 2018 but attitudes between 1958 and 1968 when the whole thing had sort of uh, turned around a wee bit yeah. with the Beatles I, I, we've I've got a long time before right and uh, on that note ah now we had a complaint that uh, these things never went on to Spotify 
Yeah, I've put stuff on Spotify now. Have you? It's Jake Thackeray on there. That's the important Jake Thackeray's thing. not on there. I need to do yours. I've done mine. I need to do yours. Because uh, I'm going right. to have to re-listen to the podcast. I'm yeah. going to have to listen to all, like, the last four. I well, need to just do it as I listen to I've it. got a tweet here, which just arrived this very morning. And it's from someone who's listened to 15 of our podcasts. Since um, oh, when? Uh, Overnight. Oh, overnight. Working. I was like, oh, well. Somebody here, I'll tell you, it is Maxwell Silverhammer, uh, which I suspect is not his real name, says, listen to 15 episodes of Ruthie, me and my dad over the past two nights in work. Have to say I've got hooked. Enjoyed the banter, subjects and conversations. And I've learned a fair bit too. Cheers for keeping me entertained on a long shift. More of the same tonight. So bless him. Bless him. That's. uh, I wonder what he does. 15. Well, he works at night. Uh, However, Chris Sunderland says, Now look here. I'm doing my part. I'm listening to the podcast. I've followed the playlist on Spotify. But what do I find? Only 16 songs or eight podcasts worth. Where's the rest? Well, we didn't do him right from the start. Yeah, in fairness. Yeah. So chill out. There's still a bit missing. Chill out, Chris, is the message there. There's no Jake Thackeray on there, so I particularly wanted Jake Thackeray. And I definitely remember Martin playing one of his songs. So come on, Ruth. Let's have the playlist updated, please says Chris Sunderland. Um, but you're Fair, Chris yeah. Sunderland. If you do want to complain about anything or talk about anything that's on the uh, podcast, it's Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com. Is that right? Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we love getting your emails. I've got hundreds of them here, and I may read one or two of them out a little bit later on. But it's Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com. Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com. What about the Spotify playlist? You can get that if you search Martin and Ruth, then it'll come to our profile. Um, and if you search Ruthie, me and my dad, you can get straight to the playlist. A couple of people from overseas that I think we should give a mention to as they've uh, written okay, some all the way like. from overseas. Uh, this man's overseas. in Australia. He's um, taking all but the they're not, they're, It, it no, takes well, the same amount of time to t- send an email wherever you are you in the see, world. You say this, but I look back to the 1960s, the early 60s, maybe the late 50s, and people writing to two-way family favourites on the uh, on the radio and you had to put a stamp on it and write it and send it all the way from Australia so bless him he says I was pleasantly surprised to stumble across this podcast that you host stumbled yep well hopefully you know more and more people will stumble and that will anyway uh, stumble across this podcast that you host with your precociously talented daughter Ruth I don't like being called precocious. I think that's an insult. No, that's a flipping compliment, take it. No, precocious is what you call like... No, no, precocious is what you call little kids that get up and sing. I agree with you. But precociously talented just means that you're you're wise beyond your years it's mm. it's a compliment thank you john i'll say thank you she won't and he's from manchester originally he says as an ex-mank and child of the 60s living in sydney for these last 45 years 40 wow yeah 45 years he says i resonate with your perspective in most things and share your love of the beatles and he's putting brackets ruth apologies for me- <laughs> apologies for mentioning this it may only encourage your dad but it's only the second mention of the beatles this episode um, although i did watch eight days a week again which i love it so much that it movie. is good it is a good film uh, he says i've binge listened to the back catalogue and look forward to hearing more of what is one of the most 
most enjoyable podcasts from among the many that I listen to. So that's nice. That's that's lovely. That really is. Lee Butler wrote to us as well, and he said on the Harold Shipman issue. Do you remember we had some confusion? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Who was Harold Shipman and who was Harold Wilson? Harold Shipman killed the people. Harold Wilson was a politician. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He says, I'm amazed there are still so many old men with Harold Shipman beard-hair combos. Either they don't watch the news uh, or hate a lot of their peers. And it's I have true. literally no idea what you're talking about. Well, he, he had that, you know, that beard and... Uh, I've uh, never and seen a, a picture of Harold Shipman. Ah, well, you, you, if you see a picture, he does look... He looks like a kindly old doctor. Aww. Um Yeah, well, uh, yeah, if you prefer. Now, this is what we've got one here from Washington, D.C. Is it see? Donald Trump? No, it's Nigel Aww. Hughes. It's Nigel Hughes. He grew up in Chesterfield and used to listen to me on the radio in the 1970s. He says, I'm late 50s now and I have American stepsons aged 13 and 15. Thanks for the music tips, Ruth. Helps keep me relevant. So you'll be able to talk about Let's Eat Grandma now. And Pete Miner's has weighed in on your side regarding Sack It Off. He says Sack It Off should be dropped. So Good. He, he doesn't want Sack It Good Off Good news. Yeah. There we go. But my friend Darren Williams loves Sack It Off. And Dan Malone sent us a picture of a spliff. Um, he said... <laughs> Just that, without any contact? No, he sent us a picture of a spliff and then said, love the podcast, cannot confirm if this photo was taken in Canada or not. So he doesn't know whether it's legal or not. Father of three daughters, 22, 18 and 13. You're helping me relate. Would you like to just round off with a bit of Kardashian news? No, I want meme of the week first. Oh, you want meme of the week? I want meme of the week. So, meme of the week? I thought, you you know, you've not had a meme for no, two weeks. You've I'm, been completely I'm out me- of the meme. Memeless, totally memeless. <laughs> memeless. So, I hate when you say, I hate that song, and someone goes, well, you have to admit, it's catchy. The fucking plague is catchy. It doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Did you like that one? I did. Uh, and we, should we finish off with the Kardashians? Let's finish off with the Kardashians. So, not not tons of stuff really happened, but the new series of Keeping Up With Kardashians is airing, which I don't watch, by the way, so I probably am not the best person to be giving you Kardashian news. But Kim Kardashian West and her sister, Kourtney Kardashian, had a major fight in last night's episode of Keeping Up With Kardashians on E! And it was even more intense than you thought it would be. Basically, it's it, the conflict is about a scheduling mishap. And um, Kim has got a photo op that she wants and Courtney says, asks her to rearrange it and it kicks off and they get really angry with each other. That's it? That's all that's happened? That's all that's happened with the Kardashians? I think so. I mean, there's probably something in the last two weeks, but I'm not going to go through all the stories about Kardashians for the last two weeks. No. Okay, and uh, there's no Love Island, obviously. No Love Island. Uh, we're waiting for Made in Chelsea. No, it started, it started. But you're um, not watching it yet. No, no, I have. I've watched no. the first episode. There was an episode last night yeah. which I haven't watched, but I did watch but the first episode. But next week, can we... Because can we, I like to trail ahead a bit. So can I say that next week we will talk a wee bit we'll about Made in Chelsea. We'll talk about Made in Chelsea. So I'll give you a, just a, pre, a prelude, because in the first episode of the series it's more setting things up, nothing's really happened. It, basically, the one big thing that's been revealed is um so I don't know whether you remember but Olivia Bentley of Bentley Cars and Sam oh, yes, Thompson yeah, have had a bit had their big argument at the end of the series and they're kind of becoming friends again but we're not really sure what's going to happen there they've only met talked once since and Sam Thompson the same guy has been dating Habs and he went on a lad's holiday to Vegas and she went on a girl's holiday to Mykonos 
and she they they were talking to each other and they asked each other did you know did you get with anyone while you were in Mykonos for Las Vegas and um she said no I didn't and he said no I didn't but he actually has and I think the girl who he got off with is going to come to Croatia which is where they're on their summer holiday and so that's going to be revealed because Habs doesn't know that Sam was lying but Harry Barron does and he might tell his girlfriend Melissa who's best friends with Habs it's you know yeah I dropped off for a minute then okay but next week we'll um, we'll do Made in Chelsea we're not Made in Chelsea yep and I'm trying to think of another way of getting out of here you see it was very easy when we had a catchphrase no uh, we can just say so thank you for tuning in and tune in next week oh and don't forget do send us an email because we like to get them don't we Martin, yeah, well I do, I do uh, Martin, I read them too you're such a liar Martin and I even Ru- replied to some yes well, I replied to quite a few this week yeah. uh, Martin and Ruth podcast at gmail.com thank you very much indeed. thank you even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.